Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business. This week is part two of my conversation with Jamie Boggs. Jamie is the athletic director at Grand Canyon University. During this episode, Jamie and I talk about the collaborative culture at Grand Canyon University, the first message she gave to the athletic department when she took over, her rhythms of meetings and check-ins with coaches at Grand Canyon in her hiring process. Jamie is sharp and humble, and I really think you'll enjoy uh, my conversation with her. So without further ado, my conversation with Jamie Boggs. Okay, you um, you get hired at um, Grand Canyon. You spend four years-ish as a deputy AD. Then you are named the interim. Walk me through the, the transition from interim to um, acting AD to full-time AD, how that, how maybe you felt like there was some, the, the benefits to that, were there any, were there any drawbacks, you know, was, is there a benefit to being from the outside coming in to take over? Yeah, maybe walk us through that. Uh, it was definitely a benefit. And the biggest benefit was learning the culture of Grand Canyon. Uh, the, the culture is so strong. I've never seen anything like it. And in a, in a positive way. And I always, I, I call it the four C's and I didn't create it. It's, it's what GCU is. And that's uh, a strong culture of community, collaboration, continuous support and Christian leadership. I mean, that truly is the foundation of GCU that, that um, President Mueller has, has fostered here. And, you know, People, I've heard people say, oh, no, we're very collaborative, but GCU takes collaborative to another level. It's like another level that I can't even explain until you're on campus. And, and so, again, it's a very strong culture, a very strong fit. And it's so different than any other place I've seen in higher education. Um, and so, you know, hiring for us is, is, is um, you know, challenging in some ways, not challenging others, but, but finding the right fit. So learning the culture here and having that time to learn and understand such a strong culture was honestly critical for me to be able to to successfully run the athletics program. Yeah. Okay. So um, April 26th or April 27th of 2021, you're standing in front of the whole athletic department in your first meeting. Maybe it was a week or two later. What is your what is your um, message to them? What do you say? Um, one, we're going to continue to align um, our culture with the culture of the greater university um, because that's what we were lacking. And that's what I realized over the, you know, the time that I was an interim and being in the leadership meetings. And the reason I say that is because that, that was critical is because the university was moving at such a faster pace than the athletic program. Mm. Um, again, 900 students, to 20,000 students in, in, in less than 10 years, expanding programs, uh, expanding campus, $1 billion investment in the campus, all these things. And we were not winning championships and growing and, and pushing ourselves the way we should. So we needed to really take the blueprint that the university was using and put it in our, in our, um, in our athletics department. So that was step one. And, and, and the second thing is we need to share the story of GCU through the platform athletics. 
And it's because over that time that I was getting to know about GCU, I saw how important it was to the higher education industry and really to our country. Um, and, I, and I still am passionate about that. And I, I believe our, our athletics department understands that too. So and it is for a couple of reasons. Higher education has become so unaffordable and that really um, has, that impacts the future leaders of, of our country, right? And, and GCU has figured out a way to make it affordable affordable across the socioeconomic spectrum. So that's why we're a private, private Christian institution, but we're 45% diverse. Um, so, so that's one thing. And one of the, one of the populations that we really um, cater to and help and support are first generation um, college students. So that's, of course, making an immediate impact um, in society. But secondly, uh, we are very strong in our faith. We are truly a Christian missional university. You know, we don't just sign something that says we are Christian. It's, it's, we walk the walk. And we are at a time when there's people who don't believe that faith should be part of higher education. Yet at the same time, there are so many families like mine um, who send their kids to um, faith-based high schools, faith-based grade schools, and because it's important to them. They spend a lot of money to do that, right? Because yeah. it's important to them. And then where do they continue their faith journey? And there's not a lot of places that have, you know, that have all the, uh, you know, great academic opportunities that, that GCU has, that has that division one college athletic experience. There's just not a lot. And so, you know, faith is integrated into everything that we do, into our curriculum and, uh, you know, with all of our faculty, all of our staff. And there's families that are looking for that that don't know what GCU is. And so, you know, I think people know more and more, which is why our enrollment continues to grow. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to your question, you know, it's the importance of GCU to this country, to a lot of families. And so we want to use our platform in athletics as the most, one of the most visible parts of the university to share that story and to reach more people who want to grow in their faith and are looking for a place like GCU. You just sold me. I'm in. <laughs> I am in. I'm coming to GCU. I want to be a low. No, that's really, really good. Okay, so um, you have a powerful message. You cast vision. I love it. What did the next 60 days look like? Boots on the ground. Did you connect with all your coaches one on? Yeah, what did that look like? The next 60. Oh, um, yes. It's well, I, you know, the, the great thing is we've always had great relationships with our coaches and my, my part of my leadership style is open door. Um, everyone is welcome to come in. I, I hope everyone feels comfortable around me. I never want anyone in our department to feel like that's the athletic director. I, you know, I don't feel comfortable speaking to her. So already have those relationships. So I don't think there was any, not anything really that changed, um, from an operation standpoint, um, yeah. you know, just a lot of support. Tons of support once I became, um, well, I, even before that, it's just, that's just the culture of our, our university, but just a lot of support. So I wouldn't say that from a, um, you know, day-to-day -day standpoint, there was much of a transition. Gotcha. Okay. Let's talk staff development and staff management. First, I'm curious, how many, um, how many coaches directly report to you? So I have um, two coaches right now that directly report to me, our, our head men's basketball coach and our um, baseball coach, but um, we have a process where um, I meet with every single head coach frequently. Um, and I know the FaceTime is important to them, but the way we, the reason we have it set up like this, where those are my direct reports, and then I have senior staff um, that each have a direct a sport with a direct report, is because I want to make sure that the the sport and the head coaches and the program have as much attention as possible. Yeah. 
So we're very systematic in how we operate from a from a sports management standpoint. So I meet with the head coaches. Um, I have a standing meeting with them every two weeks, you know, and we might cancel some, but it's just that quick. It's a quick 30 minute touch base. Let's let's get together. Um, we meet at the department every month um, and I meet at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year um, in depth with every single head coach. Um, and I know that FaceTime is important, um, but it also in general, again, we have a culture, just an open door. Like you come in anytime, you call me anytime, you text me anytime. And, and our coaches do. <laughs> they definitely feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's on the weekend. And so um, I think we have great relationships with our coaches as a senior administration. You know, I, I, I feel like I have really great relationships with our head coaches and I do feel they can, you know, connect with me and feel comfortable um, connecting with me anytime. Love it. So good. Okay, let's turn our attention to your to your um, administrative staff. How many are on like the do you, do you guys have like a leadership team, and how many are on that? We do. I th- I believe we have ten, um, ten or eleven on our leadership team, and uh, it's it's it may seem large for a leadership team, um, but one of the things that is important to us at GCU is is collaboration, and we believe in group innovation and group genius. Right? There's no one person. Yeah. Or two people that are that can come up with better ideas and more innovation than a group. Um, so yeah, we have ten, um, ten or eleven, I believe, um, that represent different areas. Uh, very diverse. I think we have uh, three or four females, um, uh, but a very diverse, diverse group. And how often do you meet with them? So I meet with them as a leadership team every week. Okay. Um, and, you know, we try to be very efficient with our time, kind of report out, uh, but also problem solve. Um, and then I meet individually with them um, every other week. And when I first started out, it was every week. So I want to make sure the vision is understood, the standards, expectations yeah. are understood. And they've done great. Everyone has kind of raised the bar. So I meet with them every other week. And again, that FaceTime is really important. It's a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't do it. And I understand why. It's because it's a lot of time. Um, but it's how you build relationships too. And yeah. those meetings, yes, they're business, but they're also, how's the family doing? You yeah. know, how are your kids? What are your summer plans? And so, um, yes, that FaceTime is important. So, uh, every other week, is it a half hour meeting as well? Like with the coaches or does it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Cause then it gets yeah. a little bit long. <laughs> What's hour. that? Then it gets a little bit long past that half hour. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's funny. I I had one uh, was in a group. Uh, this couple years ago was in a group, and one athletic director actually said um, w- w- was was trying to figure out how he could tweak his schedule um, because he had so many meetings and he also had so much to do. And uh, one of the one of the other people said, actually, the the people should be your primary like that's what you have to do. That's what you're here for is the people. And so it sounds like you have that same sort of philosophy and mindset. I do. I mean, the the people are the most important part of the organization. I mean, why do we love GCU? It's yes, it's a beautiful campus, but it's the people, you know, the people and the, the people that buy into the culture here. So absolutely. Love most it. Important investment. Um, okay. What is, what is, what is like a personal development look like for you with your staff? Like, do you bring what? Yeah. What's development, you developing your staff, bringing people in? What's that look like over the course of a year? Yeah, we um, we used to bring people in and, and we still um, will do that for our, for our student athletes. But, you know, 
what we found is we have so many people across our campus that are just unbelievable visionary leaders. And so one of the things we did for our whole department was we brought in our dean of students, who's also our university pastor, um, Tim Griffin, who's been a great um, a great supporter, great advocate for athletics, great friend of athletics. But um, we've asked him to basically develop a Christian leadership series. And so he meets with our whole team, um, our whole department every month and we block off 15 minutes. We, you know, we kind of meet beforehand to figure out what are the, be- what are the things that we want our um, department, what kind of needed at that time. And he caters um, his, um, I guess, lesson plan yeah. uh, to that. Um, but it's, it's, it's funny because when, when we first started this, you know, kind of there were arms folded in the chair sitting back and it was, what is this? Why are we doing this? But now, you know, you know, as we've gone through it for over the last couple of years, it's, you know, leaning forward, listening, taking notes. So a, a really big change. So that's a big part of it. But you also, we also have to support um, our, our staff with, um, you know, just very practical things. So we send them to all the, you know, the professional development things um, throughout the country. And, and, right. and you have to do that. But leadership development and um, is is critical, and so yeah. uh, we and we have plenty of things across campus. We send them to management things and uh, management development programs that we've had on campus. But um, again, we're just fortunate to have all these resources at GCU. That's cool, love it. Okay, let's talk about your uh, hiring process. Let's stay general because I get that you know hiring a golf coach might look different than hiring a a, a basketball coach. So we'll stay pretty general. Walk us through your process. Um, Coach A leaves, whether he's asked to or he wanted to. Coach A leaves. Walk us through your process. Well, for our first step is always the same. I mean, you know, we're a performance-based industry, so we need to find the best performing coaches. And so we're actually very systematic and data-driven with that. Uh, we look over five years, who's won the conference, who's uh, um, who's done it with resources, without resources, um, and we look at all different levels. And so the first part is very data-driven. Yes. Space industry. Um, but then we get into the fit. And, and I mentioned earlier, we have a very strong culture. So we can't just go with the person that is going to win and we know is going to win. We have to find that person that fits our four, our four C's uh, here at GCU. And so then we get into a lot of calls, um, getting finding out about um kind of the reputation, how do they treat their student athletes? Um, are they a fit for our Christian mission? All of those things that we look at in depth. So a lot of phone calls. Um, and that's one of the most important parts. And then we kind of narrow that down to 10 people. We do our um, you know, phone or Zoom interviews, and then we narrow down to the three or four that we bring onto campus. Um, but there's very specific questions we ask. And we, you know, we want to know that they're the CEOs of their programs, that they've have kind of every area managed. Um, and then we, we, of course, it's about the fit. And so we always ask about collaboration. I always ask about uh, questions that um, that kind of relate to self-awareness because I want to know that they're willing to grow. Um, and you can't help but grow at GCU. The, the people here are brilliant um, that work around campus. And um, so we want to know that people are going to grow. And again, it's it, the faith piece is so important. You know, we are very, we have people of all faiths on our campus. Um, and, but what we found is that the people that, the students that want to come to GCU and student athletes included, the faith piece is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that that's authentic so that they're coming 
there's alignment there. Yeah. And do you have a, um, you put together a committee and if so, how many and from what in, in general, uh, from what parts of the campus do you, yeah, what's your committee look like if you have one? Yep. There's a lot of people across campus involved with the process. And that is because we are such a collaborative community-based university. And so um, internally, they meet with our entire leadership team. Um, they'll meet with support services. Uh, that's another critical piece is we want to make sure that they're treating, that they're people that work well with the, the staff that's supporting them. Um, and from across campus, always with our uh, Dean of Students, a university pastor, because he knows our culture so well. Yeah. Um, with our president, um, typically with our um, vice president of advancement, um, who has a background in um, in athletics, but also, you know, with our um, coaches. Uh, so those are the main um, individuals from across campus. Um, we may have uh, our, our provost at times, just depending, um, but typically those are the ones we, we include from across campus. Yeah. And so uh, I'm going to get way in the weeds here. So you 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 go through that process. You bring three on campus, you get people's input. I'm guessing you have quote unquote final say. You take that to the president and the president either signs off or you pivot. Would that be, is that kind of maybe how that works? That's accurate. We get everyone's feedback and we yeah. kind of have a process where everyone sends it in. They rank the candidates. And um, I don't know if we've ever had a situation where there was not complete agreement and that's what happens when, you know, you have such a strong culture. Yeah. And there's never been a time that our, my president and I have been on different pages. It's, it's been pretty much aligned um, the entire time. So um, that's the benefit of having a strong culture. Again, there's, you know, process and minus is that the benefit is, is that, is that, you know, who the right person is right away. Very good. Thanks for walking us through that. Okay. I end with three questions. Um, the first one is what are you currently reading? Or listening to, maybe you're a podcaster or a book on audio. What are you currently reading or listening to that's keeping you sharp, helping you grow? Now, I um, I, I hear that co the comment all the time that all leaders are readers. And I, I kind of like, well, all leaders probably don't have little kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if I try to read a book, um, they're crawling all over me. But anyways, um, I have, it's funny, I um, have searched high and low, taken recommendations for what are the best books for leaders. And I've started, um, I don't know, maybe 20 of them, 20 of them. And it, it's all these names that you probably know that you've probably heard. None of them have kept my interest. Yeah. And there's only one book that has kept my interest that I have stuck to that I read um, continuously. And that's the Bible. Mm. And it's because it's the word of the greatest leader, the yeah. story of the greatest leader in, in history. And so that's what I read. And, it, you know, it's funny because when you read other leadership books or the principles are from right here in, in the Bible. Totally. And so um, I think, you know, you know, maybe that's not what other leaders do, um, but it's what, has resonated with me. And it's what the only thing that has ever kept me um, engaged and, and, you know, bought in, <laughs> I don't know bought in is the right word, but um, it's what I believe in. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. Numbers don't lie, man, from a leadership standpoint, numbers don't lie. <laughs> there's, no strong, there's no more successful leader. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you do podcasts at all on your commutes or, you know, I, 
Not as much. Um, I'm visual. So I, I read actually a lot of little articles. Yeah. Um, I do that frequently. I do that almost um, daily, actually. Anytime there's a leadership article that I can you know, I want to get that kind of fit and I will do that. Um, but I, I see the same thing. Everything goes back to what you read in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but I do read it to get practical applications um, in the business settings. For sure. For sure. Okay. Second question I always ask, what advice would you give a young female just getting into starting her journey in athletic administration? Um, Probably. Well, I'd give the same advice to a male (laughs) as a female, but it would definitely uh, be to build relationships and build relationships. I think what people tend to do is build relationships upward and, you know, upward manage. And, and um, you just never know. who's going to climb to the top, right? Who's yeah. going to be hiring you or who's going to be recommending you. So, you know, to build relationships with all the people around you, not to just be, um, you know, looking for that person, the AD that you feel like you need to build a relationship with. And, and the other thing is when people hire, this is a small industry. We ask questions to everyone, especially if you're trying to re, you know do it the right way. And I want to know how people treat support services I want to know how they treat the equipment room. Yeah. I want to know how they treat the sports information, the academic advisor. Um, and so you have to have relationships with those people. Um, and I, I think you have to learn from them too. So, so that would be my second is, you know, build relationships with everyone, but treat everyone as someone that you you can learn from. Yeah, and I think, yeah. And I think that takes a lot of humility. It takes a, lo- a lot of humility to be maybe you're, you know, you're a, an associate athletic director and, you know, there's a new compliance coordinator but you can learn a lot from people. Um, and at some point when you get to the 80s chair, you need to know a little bit about every area. You know, you don't want to micromanage, but you need to know a little bit about every area that you're managing. And so there's just so many people that you can learn from. So, you know, be humble and learn and build relationships with everyone. It's so good. Okay. And lastly, let's pretend like you are a podcast listener. Who would you want to hear on this podcast, share their story, um, hear about their uh, staff development and their hiring process? Who would you like to hear? Um, so it's funny because I, I, I spend time with this person um, and I'll explain why this is someone I would like to hear a podcast from. So um, I've been very fortunate to get to know the Drew family. Um, Bryce Drew is our head coach. And through him, I've been able to get to know his sister, who is an incredibly talented uh, person, Dana Drew Shaw, and also their brother, um, Scott Drew, who's the head basketball coach at, at Baylor. And the one thing that really stands out to me about this family um, is they're unbelievably humble. I mean, their accomplishments are just off the charts, all of them. And and um, they're you know they've got a, a no name, and um, very successful, very talented, very smart. But they're so humble, and that has always just intrigued me about leaders who are so um, successful yet so humble. Mm. And it all stems down from their father, Homer Drew. And, um, you know, I get to talk to Homer and it's, it's a blessing to be able to have these conversations with him. Um, but the reason I'd want to hear from him is because, uh, when you meet with him, all he wants to hear about is you, like you, you don't know his story unless you read about it online. It's, it's, and it's because he wants to know about you. So cool. And yeah, he's just, you know, for, to have children like that and his wife is just the most, I mean, she just is beautiful inside and out and her beauty from inside just shines out. And she's the same, just this um, amazing spirit. They're all strong, strong in their face, strong believers, strong leaders. Um, but for him, a hall of fame coach to do what he has done at 
at Valpo and then his children, he, you know, he and his wife has these children that are just incredibly talented and gifted people and successful. Yet his humility is just um, what stands out so much about him. And, and that's carried through through his family. So I don't know. I want to know about him because yeah. he won't talk about himself. <laughs> I love so. it. Cool. Very good. Um, Jamie, thanks so much. This has been great. Um, I actually had a, a person about a week ago, speaking of humility, I had a person a week ago who I was just in conversation with and they were catching up on me and what, what, what I had going on. I mentioned I had a cohort with ADs going. It's been awesome. I've learned a ton. I named who was in there and the person asked me, what's Jamie like? And I said, well, she's really, really, really sharp, like next level sharp. And um, she's also super humble. So the, the humility has, I see it in you, obviously super sharp. Um, yeah, this whole interview did not disappoint. I knew it'd be awesome and it did not disappoint. So seriously, thanks for hopping on. Well, thanks for having me. And you make the conversation so easy. Appreciate how engaged you are. And you've definitely been, been uh, blessed with that gift. So thank you.